Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab by now. He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellett and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. Four in motion. They get it to him. Four in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. Moore cuts back. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey the other way. Marcus Bailey punctuates this upset with a pick six. What's going on, Boiler Nation? It's Thursday night, September 7th, 2023. Darn near a week ago since the 2023 season kicked off for the Purdue Boilermakers. And unfortunately, Webby got off on the wrong foot as the Boilermakers were upset at home by the Fresno State Bulldogs by a score of 39-35. to You know, originally I was kind of bummed that we were waiting clear until Thursday or had to wait clear until Thursday to talk about the game. But in hindsight, I'm glad we had to wait because now I feel like I've had plenty of time to review the game in my mind. And I'm not going to make any irrational, emotional reactions freshly after the game. So are you saying are you going to do the uh, knucklehead central like the season's over, fire the whole staff, kick everybody off the team because of one loss to a... Group five team. Is that what you're saying? I never. I, I, I am not going to do that. I never was going to do that. I am not surprised at all by those takes out there, but I'm still disappointed in those takes yep. out there. It's just it's unbelievable to me how it seems like Purdue fans can be so more negative at times than positive. After being even, like, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, like, I mean, and what's crazy is like go from just one extreme to the other. Like before the game, it was like. The most positive thing everybody was excited like you know the sky was the limit for this team like you didn't really know what was you know no one had expectations but it was like hey you know we could go hey we could go eight and four who knows but now it's like when one loss it's you know this team is a train wreck um we're never in the game might as well just blow up the newly renovated ross aid <laughs> i mean i i understand the frustrations of course oh, yeah. every purdue fan would like to be one and oh you don't want to lose your opener you don't want to lose your opener at home you don't want to lose your opener at home to a non-power five conference team at that but it's not like fresno state's a pushover i mean they've won right. 10 games for the last six years looking at their schedule they might do it again this year and that might be might be one of the better offenses purdue plays all year even with the big 10 teams they play um i mean you got to give credit where credit was due to their quarterback he played mm-hmm. lights out um i thought purdue did a decent job of getting to him at times getting some pressure i think i think what we only had one or two sacks if i'm not mistaken yeah, but not many yeah, not many but, at all. But we, we got him into a lot of hurries. It's just veteran experience had the moxie and made plays. Made plays. Yep. Made plays. So, I mean, yes, there's a lot of disappointing things coming out of the game, but there's also some positives mm-hmm. as well. Um, let's start with some of the positives. What were some of your positive takeaways from Saturday's loss? An obvious one is Dion Burks. Um, you know, coming to the game, we didn't really know. You know, we had an idea like who our you know top receivers are going to be, um, just based off obviously depth chart and just kind of the talk of the off season. Um, but I didn't expect a you know third play to, to break off a you know an eighty yard touchdown. Uh, I mean, he essentially caught it. You know, 
after a 10 yard, I mean, it was a short little throw, but then he took it the rest of the way. Um, back tacklers and, you know, showed off that speed that we had heard about all off season. I think I saw a stat like he topped out like 20 miles an hour right now field. So it's pretty incredible. Um, I mean, what he had well over yards receiving all day, two touchdowns. So, I mean, I think we definitely kind of found one of our alpha receivers for sure. And then, I mean, Tyrone Tracy's half uh, with a kick return for touchdown for the first time in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't really, I said, I couldn't even tell you the last, you know, I don't remember the last (laughs) touchdown that we had or kickoff return. I know it was 2013, but I don't remember it It at all. Raheem Um, Mostert had one at Penn State. And at that same year, Akeem Hunt had one at home against Indiana State on a reverse. And in hindsight, if it wasn't for that, we would have lost to Indiana State and went winless in 2023 <laughs> or 20, 2013, right. excuse me. Yeah. So I thought special teams were pretty good outside of, you know, the initial kickoff having an offsides penalty on the very first one. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, but I thought special teams was, you know, I feel like last, the whole Brom era, I felt like outside of maybe his first year when we'd run some. Thought that special teams was pretty forgettable. I mean, obviously we had some you know big kicks you know here here or there, but like in terms of the return game, it was non-existent. I mean, even with Charlie Jones back there, like Rondell Moore um, never really had much of anything. Have you know kick return for a touchdown already? One under the belt of Ryan Walters era. I'll take it. And uh, TJ Sheffield, I think it ended mm-hmm. up being a twenty-nine yard return, but he had a good punt return as well. Caught it off a hop, and mm-hmm. and uh, even that's something. Like you said, we haven't had in a long time because our punt returners for the last five years or so have been more possession guys who can right. just fair catch and catch the ball and not not muff it, <laughs> which which is important too. But yeah. Got a co- uh, comment here from Skip on Facebook. I think the defensive scheme was was. A, bit uh, a little a bit of a letdown. Yeah, and, and interior O-line, yikes. Need Hudson to spread the ball more. And uh, Stanford uh, cornerback transferred to play. An upset and tough place might amp our mojo for Orange. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, a scheme. I mean, that was, I mean, I guess it was a letdown to the fact that, I mean, again, I didn't really, we had nothing to go off of. But, yeah, I, if anything, going to this game, I thought – you know, I, was, I thought just might, we might struggle to score points, if anything, and that our defense would be solid. You know, it'd be a 24 or 21 game type of thing, or maybe even less than that. And then, but I think, yeah, I think we learned why this is a pretty tough defense to learn, and it's not going to be turned over <laughs> overnight. I mean, I kept going back to the fact that this is the first game that you guys have played against someone else besides their own team, you know, all offseason. So you know, there's bound to be some hiccups. Um, you know, it's definitely, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the scheme like that before with, you know, like, didn't even realize that Thieneman was so far off the line of scrimmage. I knew he was far back there, but I just never like really like paid attention to really how far back he was. But there was definitely some things that weren't great. But also, I mean, part of that, you know, is obviously again, I think I think I saw someone say that it looked like the team was thinking too much, which I, I understand with the scheme like that. Um, it's probably going to happen. You just need the guys to play, but that's going to take time. Um, but also, I think uh, Keane was their quarterback. He just made some really yeah, good Mikey throws. Yeah, Mikey Keane. I mean, like, you know, on the run, like, with, even when there was some tight coverage, he just made some really good throws, um, which you have to kind of just tip your cap to him on that. But yeah, there were a few things here and there that definitely wasn't great. I mean, the, the third downs obviously was the – Both sides. <laughs> was, yeah, both sides was disappointing. I mean, I think it was Walters on his radio show said that, you know, before 17 third down, which is, you know, you should say some good things about how, you know, we first and second that we were pretty solid, but the fact that they converted like 11 of them. 11 for not, 17. It's not great. And um, on the flip side, Purdue was uh, 3 for 12. Yeah. So, 
Third down to all around, we're not great. Um, no. But again, it's game one. Hopefully we see that improvement from game one to game two like we hopefully do. Another uh, positive, and you talked about uh, him a little bit playing so far off the ball, was Thieneman couldn't have had a better debut as a Boilermaker. Uh, ten tackles, one interception, which was a key interception, and one of those yeah. tackles was a, was lighting up a guy on mm-hmm. punt coverage. Um, he got uh, the Big Ten Freshman of the Week, uh, which first time a Purdue defender has won that in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so off to a good start for number 31 there, there in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I mean, coming into the really last couple of weeks, like I wasn't sure I'd heard much about him. I was actually a little worried. I was like, man, I mean, I, mean, I like, you know, was excited that he was, you know, had committed back when he did. And <clears throat> I enjoyed watching his brothers play, but I was a little worried with like all these, you know, defensive back commits to the 24 class and the transfer. I was like, man, is he going to get, you know, lost in the shuffle? And all of a sudden I was like, no, he's going to start. And I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I think he'll be all right. Yeah. And he, yeah, like, he, and he looked good too. Like he looked yes, really he good. Did. And yes, he looked he up like he looked the part. I was, I was like, I was like, man, a freshman back there at safety is he gonna like you know look like you know, little giants out there? But no, he looked solid. <laughs> and and I and I hate saying mm. this. I hate when I have to do this. I hate putting a player's performance in the negative category, especially somebody on defense when I have to to uh, pick point them out. But Cam Allen's got to play better. Yeah. He had a rough rough Saturday, and they were picking on him a little bit, uh, picking on him to the point where, and it wasn't all his fault all the time, but picking on him to the point where Eric Brooks had nine receptions for 170 yards and two touchdowns. The average yardage per reception was 18.9. Mm-hmm. So can't let that happen. I mean, they were just picking on poor Cam and Cam had a tough day tackling too, which we've mm-hmm. seen that a lot in his career as a Boilermaker. So yeah, hopefully it's just, one, we, had, we had quite a few, I mean, Snoozy Kane, right. started some tackles and just kind of all around. Yeah. It was a little sloppy. Um, Nick, yeah, Nick Scordon, Nick Scordon, uh, Struggled too at times mm-hmm. making some tackles. So, um, yeah, yeah, but he was he picked on, and even like, I mean, I don't know if it was the scheme or just what they ran was great, but there was a couple of times I think it was one of the touchdowns. OC Brothers got matched up to a slot guy, and it was like he had no chance, yeah. he had yeah. zero chance, yeah. Um, but yeah, yep. was, yep. the back, even the backfield was, I mean, it, we had, there was some good play, um, not Wilson, the other guy, um. Marcavius Brown. Yeah, I thought he played. I thought he played. He pretty had nine well. tackles. Thought, yep. He had nine tackles. I thought Wilson played pretty well. I mean, those in, in that scheme, it sounds like the you know the corners are going to be man to man a lot. So it's important that they one cover the guy, but also tackle him because there's a, a lot of green in front of him if they if they miss it. Um, I thought they played pretty well, but yeah, it was just more yeah the, from the safety position wasn't great on yeah. Cam Allen, but which is disappointing given you know he's a holdover from the previous staff. I like my like Cam last year, and you know he's a what, like a six year guy, so you expect yeah. a little bit more. <clears throat> yep. Yep. I mean, uh, we're, we're giving him some criti- criticism, hoping it turns around for yes. him because we're going to be pulling for him. It's not that we're not fans of Cam Allen. It's just it was it was a little noticeable. He had not his best performance Saturday, and hopefully yep. it's an outlier and he has a great next eleven games or or next twelve games. Should we say we play a bowl mm-hmm. game? So, what do you think of Hudson Card's debut as a Boilermaker? Because I know what I thought when I stepped or stepped outside of Ross State after the game, but uh, online, for the most part, uh, Nuckhead Central had a different opinion than me. <laughs> I mean, I, I liked him. I thought he played pretty well. I mean, I, I, I did mean, too. I, I, thought he played, I thought he played like okay, okay to good. Um, yeah, I was shocked to see his completion percentage was as low as it was. Yeah. I thought, it, I mean, it was like I mean, high to low of his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, barely over fifty percent. Um, I don't remember being like I don't remember like being like oh man he's just not hitting off it was just drop passes or what um, great deep ball he had 
uh, was it uh, was it the Burks or yep. was it yeah it's a great deep ball. Um, I know his pass the when Burks his first touchdown it was a little high and Burks yep. reeled it in. Um, but like I feel like he he think he had one throw or was like oh that should have been picked off. But other than yeah. that, like I didn't really think he had any like bad throws. Um, I guess the only like gripe I guess you could see which I saw online was like that he didn't um, run more. Which yeah. again I don't know if that's he's being told that because he's, I mean, if, if he goes down, it's, it's, it's over. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, cause he looked really good running the ball. I mean, yeah. we're used to seeing AOC last couple of years run the ball and he's, he's a bit uh, more light of foot <laughs> than AOC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of times. It was one towards the end of the game where it was like a crucial third down and he had like six yards in front of him and he, and opted to throw it away essentially. Um, so that was really the only like thing, but again, I don't know if that's a, just like, again, first game, like trying to get a grasp of like what's going on. Like, um, but other than that, I was, I enjoyed watching him play. I thought he played pretty good for the most part. Um, Dent's interception, which I thought was, was huge. Um, you know, the fact that we went through a whole game without, you know, turning the ball over, I thought that was I mean, some pretty good mm-hmm. attention to detail and discipline. Yeah, he was clean with the football. I thought that was a huge takeaway. 17 for 30 for 254 yards, two touchdowns. Average completion was uh, – yardage of completion was 8.5. QBR was 66.4. So there is some things to build on. Uh, maybe field division can get a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, Decision-making, like you said, when to run, when not to run. RPOs cleaned that up a little bit. It seemed like the mm-hmm. exchange a few times between him and Mockby or he and Tracy or Downing or whoever it was. Uh, wasn't always the cleanest, but that's just get more repetitions and more practice. Um, he's one. I'm glad we have an experienced guy behind center experience in that he's not a freshman or a sophomore yes. that's never played. Yes. He hasn't started a bunch of games, but he's played in a lot of big environments because going into lane stadium this Saturday, it's not the biggest stadium, but it is a stadium that will get rocking. And they just announced four hours ago. It is a sellout. Oh, tomorrow. it is. I didn't see that. <laughs> yes, Virginia Tech announced it about four hours ago that it is a now a sellout. So I'm glad we have a guy behind center that shouldn't be too rattled going in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. Um, another takeaway I had, I want to see Maccabi used more. I know yes. I think he kind of got in the doghouse a little bit by putting the ball on the ground early, even though Purdue didn't lose that fumble. They were able to recover it. Uh, but he ended up with 16 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown, but he got 20 of those yards on one carry, uh, three receptions for 15 yards, 16 yards, excuse me. Can't read my own computer. Um, I'd like to see him used a little more as a receiver out of the backfield. Um, I just, in Tracy, I mean, he did have a, um, he did have a touchdown, you know, he's three rushes for three yards, downing five rushes for 17 yards, but I think you got to give Mockabee uh, 20 mm-hmm. carries about yeah. a game. I think you just have to, he's, he's that important. And he's probably produced best running back they've had since Corey Sheets. So, I'd agree. Yeah, there was um, – you kind of saw what, what – I think he once he kind of got warmed up, that's when he kind of started to break out some of those longer runs. And, I mean, he's the best when he gets outside the tackles. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to – especially just with our own line, it's tough to get him going right up the gut, essentially. Because <clears throat> we didn't have success with that at all at any point in the day, it seemed like. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I'd like to see more – yeah, more touches for, for the mock train. And the interior offensive line did struggle, especially in the run game. Uh, yeah. But the, the line overall in the past game, I mean, Hudson was hurried a couple of times, but he was mm-hmm. he was kept clean. Never yep. they, uh, The Fresno State's defense never got a sack. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully 
it'll help having um uh the backup center. His name's escaping me right now. Yeah, um, uh, Colt Cockrunner. Coltenberg Colton. Colton Brenner, oh, I was still at Bastler, yeah. so, I, so I got the uh, Cockbrenner from uh, <laughs> Creighton in my on well, my head. Well, right Austin Johnson was the third string center. Yep, and he went out due to injury, so we were down to our fourth string <clears> center <throat> at one time on Saturday, which that never helps. So getting your at least your backup center back, I think that's going to be a big improvement for the offensive line on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was yeah, that was probably yeah, the biggest one was just not being able to. Or just I mean, part of it too is just like the play calling at times. I mean, that's I mean, yeah. The Harold was like, I mean, it took, the fact it took us seven tries to get in the end zone yeah. um, was a bit of a yeah. like, oh, this is yeah. not good. Yeah. <laughs> in the and you know, it's hard telling when like when's Walters making decisions, when's the staff mm-hmm. making decisions. But one I wish Purdue could have back was not just running the clock out at the end of the first half and going into halftime with a touchdown lead. Mm-hmm. Instead, they tried some passes, go three and out. Fresno State gets the ball, ends up kicking a fifty-yard field goal to make it a four-point game. Because they didn't really seem like they were going to call a timeout until like it was like, oh, they're we're going to get the ball back, so like we should, right? Yeah, so that that was, right. yeah, that was a little frustrating. But I mean, again, new staff are aggressive, which yep. you know, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, that and the fact that we missed a field goal in the second yep. side of the second half, like that meant six point swing right there. Yep, that would have made a fourteen point <clears throat> game at the time, and maybe that that's the difference right there. Right. So, because yeah. I was feeling good when we were up eleven points. Yep. Um, just couldn't put them away. Um, that happens a lot. You let a team, a scrappy team, hang around, and usually doesn't end well. Um, but going back to the decision to not run out the clock in the first half, I just chalked that up as a. First year head coach, not only that first game ever as head coach, mistake. And hopefully yeah. he learns from that, and and and, and I'm sure he will. He'll. That's not going to be the only the only uh, uh, mistake. And uh, we're going to have a lot of ups and downs mm-hmm. as far as a first year head coach goes. You got to be patient. Got to be patient. And, and you know, one thing I keep reminding myself: Jeff Brom and Joe Tiller both lost their first game at Purdue and ended up. It doesn't think just like with the way that fans were acting. It's like you like. But it wasn't a home there. game, Evan. It wasn't a home game. <laughs> I mean, they was at Toledo in neutral. <laughs> you know, in our <laughs> lifetime, we've seen one coach win their first game, and it didn't turn out. I mean, it was okay. I mean, loved yeah, him, yeah, did great guy, but no, it, it wasn't it wasn't the best tenure for for the for yeah. the hopester. Uh, I guess like had you had Purdue pulled this one out at the end, maybe not give up a touchdown. Like, would you have felt like super great? Um, about it or is it would you be kind of similar to think to how you kind of feel it now just maybe just obviously slightly happier the the latter there still yeah. a lot to work on and clean up but hey one of those better known one uh right. and i think a lot of people's panic is on paper it looks like the road to six that purdue needs to go at least three and two this month that just got mm-hmm. a lot more difficult but but hey uh our guest last week kylie she she predicted purdue to start zero and two and finish the season eight and four so she could be on to something she's on track she, <laughs> she could be on to something um i would like to see the tight ends get involved more mm-hmm. max, max we're Clark, down to our third string which you know. he had two catches for 22 yards yeah. but it doesn't it sounds like paul pafari's got to be a few weeks out uh, with a back injury garrett miller did kind of go through some practices a little bit this week so there's a slight chance he plays saturday but i still think we see him make his debut next saturday night against syracuse but that's just a guess on my i hope i hope we have him because i think he'd be huge in the red zone particularly um 
But uh, I am feeling more optimistic now than about Saturday's game than I was earlier this week. I'm starting right. to get myself talked into it a little bit. Yeah. I, I didn't watch much of the game against Old Dominion. I, I watched like, a little I, bit. Yeah, I watched I just, a little. Like, I wasn't like super impressed. Like that's maybe what gives me some, you know, some hope. Uh, they're not the Virginia Tech of you know, of even just a few years ago. It's not at night, so that's a good thing from yes. you know, from an environment standpoint. Um, yes, jealous everybody gets to see Inner Sandman in person. No, that'd be cool. They but started yeah. that tradition, I guess, in two thousand. Did they? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when Virginia Tech was really, really. I mean, they they were national runner up in I believe ninety nine to Florida State. So, um, okay, yeah. So that's when Virginia Tech was really, really good. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I was reading the article earlier today, and they thought Purdue would win if uh, Virginia Tech doesn't. Uh, well, they basically said Purdue. Why Purdue will win? It says Virginia Tech doesn't have Fresno State's passing game. Uh, it says Purdue's in re- rebuild mode under new head coach Ryan Walters. Even with all the changes and all the things it, it has to go through, it still almost pulled out <laughs> a tough win last week before um, giving in late to the Bulldogs. Said Hudson Card was good. Off his line, did a nice job keeping him clean. And it was a good game and a tough loss between those two teams at the same level. So Virginia Tech got by Old Dominion 36-17, but the run defense struggled a bit. The offense was just okay. And it got by partly because of the uh, pass rush that lived behind the Monarchs line. Off, Purdue offensive front should be able to hold its own, however. And then it says why Virginia Tech will win. Purdue offense will be shut down if the Hokies can get into the backfield like they did against ODU. Purdue's ground game was just okay. Third down conversions weren't there. And time of possession should matter. Virginia Tech might not have been amazing, but it had the ball for almost 34 minutes. Purdue had the ball for just 24 minutes in week one. Win the third down battle, win the turn to turnover margin. Virginia Tech was plus three and be patient. Do all the little things right, and this should work out for the Hokies. Hmm. So, so, I guess my work, I, I, I heard this on the Walter show. It was like, I guess it's supposed to be a chance of thunderstorms. So it's like, you know, oh, really? Weather whole, yeah, it's just like a, I think it's like 80% chance of thunderstorms. Um, at least that, yesterday, who knows like, how it can change. But, you know, if it is like, and all that includes, you know, rain and all that kind of stuff, that's the case. Like, how does we're going to have to run the ball? Um, yep. But this, is, but this isn't a Jeff Brom team, so hopefully it's a little better than the rain. Then. <laughs> Oh man, yes, and, and that's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up, and, and I, I want to say again, I'm always gonna be thankful for what Jeff Brom and staff did to this program because they recovered a dumpster fire and turned them into a competitive football program again, and one that won the Big Ten West and in 2022. But people forget the stinkers he had too. Oh yeah, and you said what Eastern Michigan, right off the top of my head. Um, I mean, there was there was there was other. Uh, at, at, at Nevada, even though that wasn't in the rain, but that oh my gosh, um, it, it, that, was a choke speaking, job. that was a choke job. It, it, it was. And speaking of that, I hope we never schedule a Mountain West team again. We are one in three all time against the Mountain West. So yep. the, the 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 schedule makers a while back did Purdue no favors. A loss at Hawaii, a win at home to Nevada, a loss at Nevada, and then now I lost at home to Fresno State, which. I don't think this was a one and one series. I think this was just a one off, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, was it okay? I think so. I think so because because Hawaii was a one off. They never came That's to right. Rossade. So we paid but, we paid a uh, State enough money. I hope it's. <laughs> I hope we're not going back. One point three five million. Yeah. Which I I read Ball State's getting paid one point six to go at Georgia this week. Good for that. Yeah. Yeah. Might just as come well. out healthy. Just come out healthy. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Nothing like playing a TRC Three Rivers Conference for Northern Indiana football fans style one year, and then you're going as a freshman to play against the back-to-back defending national champions in, in between the hedges. But anyways, that's a podcast for another day. Um, but this is Purdue's second game in a home-and-home series against Virginia Tech. The last time these two teams met was September 19th, 2015, which the Hokies won by a final score of 51-24. to and the only no, bright spot for Purdue that day was a long scoop and score by Danny Awichiku. Besides that, it was a one of Why? many games to forget between the years 2013 to 2016 of Purdue football. Why did I think it was Jalen Robinson? Did he have a scoop and score at one point? I think he did, but it was I know it was Danny E against Virginia Tech. Okay. So I saw the highs of the I I thought it was Jalen. I didn't even really pay attention to who what the number was, but yep. yeah, that was my last semester in school. And my God, that was awful. Yeah, well, uh, I'm, good, that was game. I'm not sure. I assume it's other game. I'm not really sure, but I, a lot of that was forgettable. Um, 97% <laughs> of it was forgettable. Even some of the nine wins were forgettable <laughs> in, in the four year span there. But uh, confident this will be a lot better game than that one was. Um, um, I, I do have to say I have to I have to give my wife a shout out on the podcast because she wanted me to do this if, if it, because she does listen and if not I will get in trouble but she wanted it everybody to know that she did call the interception of Dylan Thingman's and then also the touchdown after that so she did she really needs to start predicting positive things more often <laughs> and she, she wants to the be- final four run. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is that is that is uh, my goal for basketball for her. I'm gonna get her to do that on our preseason basketball preview, um, and, and she wants to be let known. She thinks that people are being too hard on Ryan Walters because overall Purdue did not play that bad. Just a few plays here and there were, were the difference. So it's got to clean up the defense. She said so. All right, now that that's taken care of, how are you feeling going on Saturday? I'm good. Like, I mean, I don't really know what to expect. Kind of how obviously it was a lot more excited for this past weekend, just for being first sure. game of the season, all that. Um, I don't really, I don't really know a whole lot about Virginia Tech, um, but like, I don't feel like I'm not worried. But also, I'm just kind of like, I just want to see improvement. You know, I'd like to see, um, you know, things cleaned up on the defensive side. You know, not so many, especially on the third down uh, aspect of the game. Um, you know, like to see you know Hudson sling it a bit more. You see Mockby get a few more touches. Um, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, first road tests. I'm really excited to see what unis we use. We we bring out uh, for that. Yeah, game. we haven't seen uh, that. That should be released tomorrow, I would think. Right. Well, I think they, they used to do that, it on Thursdays, right? Yeah. Someone said that they released it on. They like made the announcement, like official announcement, on Saturday. So it's like, are they going to do it on Saturday morning? Um, which is a lot different than in the past where they would do it, you know, like on Thursdays. Um, leading up to the game, we got to get a white, the white throwback from 2000, right? I hope so. I mean, we, we yeah. wore it. I, I forgot we wore it like a handful of years ago, of, like for some throwback game. My freshman year, 2010 against Minnesota. Uh, okay. It was the Robin. You, 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 you were, you, yeah, you were down oh, uh, with game? me as a senior, as a, as a yeah. prospective student. Yes. Yeah. Cause they had a, the Rose Bowl patch and the Rose Bowl helmets. That That's game. right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we won that. We won that game, but nobody cared. Did. No Let's, be cared. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. But yeah, I would think we'll get something similar to that. Um, let's see here. We got a uh, 
comment on YouTube here from Ted Berkey. He, he says, it will take time to learn the new systems. There will be growing pains for this team and the coaches. No idea what will happen week to week. Very well said. Very well said. And that's what makes it exciting, but yet nerve wracking mm-hmm. <laughs> every week. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the coaches are still hot on the recruiting trail. Got a three-star defense alignment recruit from Kentucky uh, today. So, they keep building things behind the scenes there and just now got to find ways to win some ball games. Mm-hmm. Uh, stadium looked great. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say stadium looked great. That so was one positive awesome. takeaway. Yeah. Um, yeah, the south end zone looked way better than I expected it to look. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, you've seen all the pictures and all that. Um, but it just made it seem much more intimate. Um, I love seeing kind of the soccer style um, seating like on the sides um, in between the south end zone and like on the, on the uh, would have been the east side. Um, yeah, I've heard. I saw some guys, people saying that there's like a little like kind of like bar area. I think on the like on our side, on the would be the southwest side. There's like I think tables you can sit at, or I'm assuming you have to reserve and all that. But yeah, it looked really cool. Um, I know there's some just because I mean I get from where we sit, you know, on the on the by the stadium, you know, and, and towards the end zone, like right on the goal line. You know, it's it's it was a bit harder to hear. Um, sure. But I mean, I also saw like people. Saying like, well, yeah, that's how it was like for us who's sitting in like you know on the opposite end of the stadium like last year, like they couldn't hear the band as well or the students as well. So like it just get it, it probably need to mic it a little bit better. Um, but again, it is you're also but I, other than that, I thought it was it was really cool. Students showed out, which was awesome. Even if it was it was pretty stupid hot outside. It was warm. Um, but yeah, seemed like great. I, I missed the entrance with the tiller tunnel, unfortunately. Me too. Um, but it looked it looked really cool. Um, it's gonna look really cool at night too. I think. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited to see that for the Syracuse game. But, um, God, what's my train? Oh, did you listen to Walter's show? From I did not. I, I reposted to our accounts, but I uh, I meant to do that today and then didn't get around to it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I really how else would he sound? But he sounds like he's like totally confident and like he's just like, yeah, we got stuff to work on. Like, what do you, what yep, do you can't that's panic. Not a, that's not a finished product. Like first week, you know, not only after having you know, these guys on campus together for a handful of weeks slash months, so. Yep. Yeah, I'm not ready to uh, abandon anytime soon. No, I can't panic yet. Too early. Too early. And, you know, if we go into Blacksburg and pull off uh upset, which I think we are. Let me see what the line. I know it opened up. Yeah, as I saw some people say we were dogs. Some people say we were favored. So I was, I was curious to see what. I remember uh, Sunday when I saw it, um, it, we were one point dog. We are. Let me see here. Three point dogs. Three point dogs. Okay. With the uh, over under 48 and a half points total. So pretty low scoring over other there. Mm-hmm. Games on noon at noon on ESPN 2. Uh, back on so ESPN. Back on the ESPN. <laughs> the, only, the only time this year. So, um, hey, we, we did fine on ESPN noon games last year a couple times. So mm-hmm. hopefully that uh, mojo has stayed with this, this current Boilermaker team. But, um, but yeah, uh, no, I uh, I feel a lot more optimistic. Um, I guess are you ready to predict a game before we get into Do other it. games? Or Do it. in my season preview, I had this one chalked up as a loss. Even on Monday on another podcast, I do I had this chalked up as a loss, even though I thought it'd be close. It's Thursday, and I've talked myself into a close <laughs> win. Uh, now I gotta think of a score. Uh I'm going 24-21 because I think the weather is going to be an issue, so I think it's going to be a little bit yep. more low scoring than what we saw this past week. Um, so I'm going 24-21 Boilers. 
I'm going to go similar, uh, kind of around there, but I'm going to go 27 to 17. Ooh, Purdue. Okay. Yeah, Purdue has a big fourth quarter and, and, and stretches it out a little bit. So, and my, uh, my MVP, let's go Nick Scorden this week. Gets to the gets to the quarterback a couple times. I'll go with Mockaby. I like it. My guy. Just again playing off of, you know what I'm saying, thinking the weather, like might have to go to the ground game a bit more. Um he gets his first uh triple digits of the season. I like it. That'd be huge. If he does that, I like Bruce chances mm-hmm. a whole lot. Other games around the Big Ten. We got two Friday night games tomorrow. First one's in Bloomington with the Indiana State Sycamores 0-1 traveling to the 0-1 Indiana Hoosiers, whose defense looked all right last week, but their offense was pretty putrid. Did you know neither of these teams scored a touchdown last week? I, I didn't even look at Did who you know Indiana State Indiana played or anything. Indiana State got shut out 27-0 against Eastern Illinois at home. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not going to be a good year down in Terre Haute, I don't think. Uh, no, Hoosiers get this one done pretty easily. Yeah, I think it's not even a contest. I hope it is, but it's not going to be. If they were to lose, Tom Allen better just pack his bags now. Just, <laughs> just leave. Uh, one to know Illinois fighting Illini. They found a way to get it done against Toledo. A heck of a fourth and four off. conversion. <laughs> yeah, they uh, kind of had no business winning that game at the end, but no, they found they a way. They traveled to uh, Lawrence, Kansas, to take on the one and zero Jayhawks. Um, that place will be rocking. Jayhawks are mm-hmm. three point favorites in this one. Uh, Kansas is breaking out the uh, blackout uniforms. Uh, I'm going to go with the the home team, Jayhawks. It's also a preview of a scrimmage for the basketball team they're going to have in October. Oh, really? Illinois, yeah, they're doing kind of what Purdue and Arkansas are doing where they're raising money. I think think Illinois and Kansas are doing it for Hawaii. I think they're doing a fundraiser, but it's going to be – in Illinois, I they might sell that thing out. I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, that it'd makes be, sense. Pretty sweet, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Kansas. I'm going Rock Chuck Jayhawk as well. I don't know if they use that for football or not, but um, they should. If not, um, like I, I think Illinois might be a little more talented than Kansas, but mm-hmm. it's gonna be. I mean, that's that's gonna be a tough the quarterback. Look good. Um, move. He made some good throws. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this one will have some eyes of the college football world because it's the noon, big noon game on Fox, of course. That's Nebraska at number 22, Colorado. Colorado so, got ranked? Wow. Well, of course they did. It's Coach Prime, which I – that's the biggest thing that bugs me. I mean, I mean he's going to have fans and naysayers. And what they did at TCU was pretty darn impressive. I'm not going to lie. I can also see TCU going like four and eight, five and seven. Yeah, like <laughs> it, just the fact that he calls himself Coach Prime instead of Coach Sanders just rubs mm-hmm. me the wrong way. And seeing on the low third and everything, but um, Colorado's a two and a half point favorite. This is one when I did my preseason predictions, I had Nebraska winning, but unf- and I'm actually kind of hoping Nebraska goes in there and wins just to shake <laughs> it up because I think Nebraska will take about ten to fifteen. 10 to 15,000 fans probably in there. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's an old time rivalry, big big eight and big 12 rivalry. Uh, but I am picking Colorado to win this game. Yeah. Um, the Nebraska Minnesota game, and it was tough to watch. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, that place is going to be electric. Yeah. I mean, probably the, yeah. I mean, when's the last time Colorado was even decent in football? It's been, it's been 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it'd be cool. I mean, it's a really cool campus, really cool stadium. Just, yep. just the fact that it's like in the mountains. Um, 
but yeah, I think I think Colorado gets it done. I think hopefully, I mean, hoping for a good game. Uh, but I mean, it really wouldn't oh. shock me for Matt Rule and the Cornhuskers to go in there and pull, oh no, pull I think, the yeah, upset. He's a good coach. Yeah. He's a good coach, and that would really humble. I think Colorado. Mm-hmm. After I mean, because they're probably on cloud nine right now, and and the reason for all the Purdue fans listening and people that don't understand my uh, Denver Bronco allegiance, I follow a lot of Broncos and Denver sports accounts on my Twitter. Yes, I'm calling it Twitter. I'm not calling it X on my Twitter. So all I was seeing Saturday afternoon and night was things about Colorado. I couldn't even find Purdue stuff on my feed. <laughs> I had to go to the Boulder Breakdown account to see Purdue stuff. And I could have muted Colorado, but then that would have taken other things away that I wanted to see. So that's why I am rooting against Colorado pretty big time this year. So feel, feel good to get that off my chest. <laughs> uh, these next two games we don't even really need to pick. Delaware at Penn State, Youngtown State at Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State, I'm, I, mean, I didn't watch the game against Indiana. I kind of was like following it and listening to it a little bit because I was driving. Um, Delaware, the quarterbacks could not get it going. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, you know, was that is that them? Is that Indiana's defense? Um, to be a little bit of both. Uh, it's not like their defense was pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, as of right, I mean, one game overreaction. I think they're third in the Big Ten East right now. As of like, if you were to ask me how to rank, I, mean, I probably would have put mm-hmm. them maybe maybe second. You know, a week ago, but after just kind of hearing what's going on um, and how it went, um, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. barely even touched the. Which again, I don't know if that's credit to. He did get banged up, but he, but he, but he came back in the game. So. <laughs> okay, but I think I mean I don't know this. I'm not seeing the spread on the ESPN app on this. No, um, no, there's no spread on either Delaware, Penn State, or Utah yeah, State. Ohio but I mean, State. Penn State was impressive. I think they roll, and then I think I think Ohio State wins pretty comfortably. Yeah, I think both of them roll. Uh, this next game should be a pretty good game. Rivalry game: Iowa at Iowa State. Iowa is a three and a half point favorite. <sighs> Bigger question is, does Iowa score enough to get back to their average of 25 points a game that they need to keep uh, <laughs> old Brian Ferentz? Oh, boy. Um, I'll take Iowa Yep, in a close one. I do as well. I think uh, Campbell should have left a few years ago for Iowa yeah. State. In yeah, the 80s. Kind of like David Shaw at Stanford. Yep. He's not there anymore. You kind of have your window, and they don't go, and doesn't end well for him. So. Then we have uh, Northwestern Wildcats host the Utah Miners, and Northwestern is a one and a half point dog. <laughs> uh, Northwestern still uh, riding that uh, U.S. soil losing streak <laughs> from last year. Um, I mean, I mean, we're talking about a Utah team that lost at Jacksonville State and then beat Incarnate Word last week, but only by two touchdowns. And they're one and a half point favorites. I, I didn't know Incarnate Word had a football team. I did. I didn't either. <laughs> Uh, I mean, proven otherwise, uh, UTEP. I'm uh, I'm going with Northwestern. If they don't win this game, they're not winning the game this year. I agree. UNLV, 37 and a half point dogs at Michigan. Um, I mean, that, yeah, that Moody on Facebook they... with the let's go miners that, li- <laughs> that lives down there in El Paso. So, okay. He's got a he's got a number two team to root for there. There you go. Um, does Michigan cover? I don't know. That's a lot of points to cover. That is a lot of points. Hey, I'm gonna say yeah, they win, but they score. They win by like thirty, not thirty-seven and a half. Blake Corum goes nuts. They bench yeah. and McCarthy. They bench the starters and then yeah, they get up by like twenty-eight, and then they just kind of coast, kind of like Auburn coach. against Purdue in the uh, 
<laughs> Music City Bowl. Or LSU last year. <laughs> LSU last year. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> boy. Um, Richmond at Michigan State. I don't have a line on this game. I don't either. Um, so Michigan State should roll. Yeah, who did Michigan State be last week? Central Michigan. Oh, Michigan. They a, okay. It was close through a half, like it normally is whenever they play them. And then they yeah. pulled away. Ooh, they got Washington next week at home. Yeah, okay. Peacock. Peacock game next week. This is a, it's a f- clock game. Okay, that's um, besides the point. That's weird. Uh, but Charlotte at Maryland. Maryland, 24 and a half point favorites. I mean, Maryland. Um, yeah. beat too Tyler much speed. Last week. Yeah, too much speed. Yeah, they roll. Temple at Rutgers. Rutgers, eight and a half point favorites. Do the Scarlet Knights start off 2 and 0? Oh? Yes, but they don't cover, I'm going to say. I like <laughs> that. Because. I like that. Yeah. Eastern Michigan at the Fighting Boat Rowers. Uh, <laughs> Minnesota's 20 and a half point favorites, and I think they win pretty easily. Yeah, I think they have a little better showing than they did this past week. And they've lastly, had, they've had prepared too. They, they played on Thursday last week. Yes. Yep. So they've had, they've had quite a bit of time to get better. And Eastern Michigan beat uh, Howard by 10 last week. So, Ugh. Eastern Michigan. <laughs> They've got the better of us in football and basketball in our lifetime. That's embarrassing. Um, number 19, Wisconsin, six-point favorites on the road out in Washington against Washington State. See, Wisconsin was in a bit of a a, a little bit of a close game with Buffalo last week, and yep. they eventually pulled it out. Man, I want to pick Washington State. I'm going to Cougars. I'll do it. I'm going to Cougars. <laughs> Honor Mike Leach. We're going Cougs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough. It's tough traveling. Even though yep. I do think that stuff doesn't mean as much as it used to. No. Teams like Fresno State last week get tried to get there a day earlier than normal now to get their bodies used to it. And these are 18 to 22 year old yeah, kids for the most part. Yeah. Their bodies adjust a lot better than 30 some and 40 some, 50 some, <laughs> 60 some years old. So, all right, let's go do a couple top 25 teams. Uh, we'll start with number 10, Notre Dame, 2 and 0 at number, at not not ranked, at 1 and 0 NC State. Notre Dame, seven and a half point favorites. I mean, Notre Dame looked, I mean, I know it was Navy, but they looked pretty good in that game. Um, I didn't obviously get a chance to really watch their game this past week. But I know they, yeah, I mean, they played Tennessee Nova. State. Yeah, so. I think, yeah. I think, I think Notre Dame covers. I think they Notre Dame up. is seven and a half point favorite. Yeah, I think they uh, won by 10 to 14. This is NC State's home opener. They won by 10 at UConn last uh, Thursday night, I believe it was. Um, I think it's a close one. I'm going to say Notre Dame wins, but doesn't cover. Okay. Doesn't cover. So I think it's a touchdown or less. Uh, a lot of these are going to be blowouts, so I'm skipping a lot of them. Number 23, Texas A&M travels to 1-0 and Miami, Florida. Miami was running a buy one, get one free ticket special for this game. <laughs> I wish I was making that up. Oh, my god! Unbelievable. <sighs> Where is it? Okay. I'll go A&M. I don't Yeah, I'll go A&M. Yeah. They're so uh, weird. Oh, this was just a weird. It's a weird sports city, to be honest. Yeah. Probably the game of the day, number twenty, Ole Miss, seven and a half point favorites at number twenty-four, Tulane. 
Lane train, baby. Yep, I think Ole Miss gets it done. Uh, no mustard uh, thrown at him, though. No mustard. Um, <laughs> number 13, Oregon. Six and a half point favorites travels to Lubbock to take on 0-1 Texas Tech that lost at Wyoming last week. I'll go Oregon just because I don't know. Yep. But yeah, Texas. Yep. Lost to the Bo Nix will play well. Mm-hmm. I take it back with the game of the week comment. I forgot about this game, and this is a game day game. Number 11, Texas at number three, Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Alabama's a seven-point favorite. Kind of forgot about that one. <laughs> Oops. I don't know much about either team, to be honestly. Like, as much as I... Like Washington State, I have not. I really haven't been keeping up. I know obviously Texas. I mean, the, the storyline of this season was they got Arch Manning, but um, he's not even starting though. Quinn Ewers, right? Yeah, starter. yeah. Is he? I think he's even redshirting this year. Like I'm not even sure he's even. It would be smart if they did because their quarterback yeah. room is loaded. Right, which is why we got Hunts. Yep. Um, he played in this game last uh, year, actually. At home, the place will be rocking. I mean, Bama's. I mean, what they didn't make the playoff last year. Did they make it the year before? Uh, yes, I want to say. Was it was it was it a George championship was, game? What two years it, ago? It might have been. I am so bad year yeah. to year with college football anymore. I think it was. Let me see. I think it was George Alabama. Yeah. My point was like you know, Bama hasn't yeah. hasn't been out on top for a couple of years now, thanks to George. So I think they're out to prove a point. Yes, uh, Georgia BM 33-18. Because I think, did Alabama or Georgia win the SEC championship that year? It had to have been, had to have been Georgia, I would think. I think Georgia's, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had to be in like twice within a month. I have Texas as one of my four playoff teams, but I think Alabama beats them this week. Yeah. Then they run the table. Then they go, then they don't lose a game until the playoffs. So Yeah. Um, yeah, all the rest don't have lines or just aren't good lines. So, <laughs> so yeah, week two should be better than week one as a college football fan. Mm-hmm. And we NFL NFL season started tonight. The game is underway right now. Detroit at Kansas City. So, um, hopefully all the NFL boilers, which there is a quite a few this year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they all have good seasons. I even saw two of them on new teams practice squads that I wasn't aware of till. This morning, David Blau was back with the Lions, Lions on their yeah, press that, squad, yeah. and Xander Horvath is with the Steelers now instead of the Chargers. Oh, really? I didn't know yes. that. Get him out of the AFC West. So. <laughs> How did they let him go? I didn't know that. I, I don't know. I don't know. He was on their roster all year last year and had a couple touchdowns. Yeah. And, so, but he he feels like a Steeler the way oh, he yeah. plays football. Yeah, so. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> if he gets Corey on the Trace. roster eventually and – Plays well, yeah. Now he's with Corey Trice, who unfortunately is out for the year with yeah. with a banged up knee. But uh, but it was nice to see a lot of the Boilers that got drafted, all of them made the team. Jalen Graham included, mm-hmm. who was seventh round pick. So yeah. it looks like a second quarter getting ready to start. Uh, Detroit's up seven nothing, but Kansas City's driving. Let's go Lions! <laughs> I know you hate hearing that, but I know I we're, at, we're at conflict here. But 
Uh, I would be surprised if the Lions win, but it's week one. It's the NFL. You never know. You never you know. You never know. You never know. Any final thoughts, Webby, uh, in regards to uh, Saturday's game, Purdue football in general, Purdue sports in general, anything going on? I mean, it's an exciting time. Um, obviously, yesterday was a huge disappointment. Um, I wasn't really all that mad because I think deep down – I wasn't like, either. It, it was like this was going to be a tough game, tough opponent. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Fresno State runs the table, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we look at the end of the season. They're ten and two, eleven. Their schedule is not too hard. No, looking at um, it. I mean, they're on a nine-game winning streak as it is. Uh, didn't realize that that was the coach who made Aaron Rodgers what he was in college, um, which made a lot of sense after watching that quarterback play. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I think it really showed how how much experience matters in coaching too. It's not just about the players. Like, I mean, you're talking a guy who had coached, you know, 160 plus games versus a staff who was, you know, in their first game altogether. But I mean, I'm still really excited looking to see, you know, basically for me this year, just seeing improvement, you know, I, I know if we don't make a bowl, it's, you know, it's whatever. Um, but basically just seeing, you know, I don't want to see what we saw, you know, just a handful of years ago with the Hazel era of like, we're just, we're just not competitive. And if we're competitive and we come up short, then it's just things to learn. Um, hopefully we can, but uh, I'm still really excited for things to come. Yep, I'm uh, just happy to have uh, Purdue Sports back in my life. Mm-hmm. It's always um, always a long break from the end of basketball season to start a football season. And I'm like you, I just want to see improvement, and I want to see Hudson Card become the guy going forward mm-hmm. in the next couple of years because he has three yeah. years eligibility remaining, I believe, and want to see him become the guys to where Purdue can have some. Uh, um, not, not always what, what am I looking for, some – Stability. There we go. Yeah, At the quarterback position. So they're yeah, not always the, going in really nice the quarterback to, race. Yeah, really nice to go into next year going like there's no chance that it's yep. anyone but a Hudson card. Like yep. even with the talented guys we got coming in, like yeah, I'd love to for it to be like Hudson. It is Hudson Card's job, you know, by a wide margin. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, before we close and before we thank our sponsors, I want to get one bold prediction from you for Saturday's game or a spicy take, either or. Ooh. It could be a uh, play that's going to happen. It could be a performance by a player. It could be a statistic. I'm going to say the Boilers force three turnovers. I like produce chances if that happens. I like produce chances a lot if that happens. Um, What about you? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't want to use a return one now because I don't see us returning a kick for a touchdown two weeks in a row. Uh, kind of like I could go on Diva. You went on Diva side of ball, so I, I could say like a pick six, but I'm gonna go offensive side. Uh, uh what do I want to say here? Purdue runs a trick play for a touchdown. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna be a double pass or a reverse, something, something tricky, something, like something that. tricky. Yep. So. But with that said, let's thank our sponsors. Uh, both We have two great sponsors back on board this year for the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. And one of them is Mad Mushroom. Uh, Mad Mushroom has been serving Boilermakers since 1993. They're located in the heart of West Lafayette, and they're known as the home of the original cheese stick. But whatever Evan and I and Andrew, we can't forget Andrew, who we're missing, tonight whenever we like to go there we like to sit down have an ice cold beer while, while trying out their latest pizza of the month which this month their pizza for september is rob's bourbon chicken 
It's a pizza topped with lots of chicken tossed in bourbon sauce, onions, celery, mozzarella cheese, and finished with toasted sesame seeds. It looks pretty good there on the uh, graphics, so everybody that's not watching on our YouTube channel, Facebook channel, or Twitter channel and listening to the podcast, uh, you need to go see a picture of that because it looks pretty good. So, Pretty sure they were giving and out for like free cheese sticks. They uh, were yesterday. Yeah, I saw, I saw from, those. Some from like three to seven, so... Like, Dang it. <laughs> if you missed out on that deal, I'm sorry. But don't worry. You can order plenty of cheese sticks, pizza, wings, grinders, beer, whatever you want. And if you order more than $20 worth of food or drinks, uh, you use the promo code BREAK5 for $5 off your order. And you can use that online with the online code like I just said, BREAK5. Or you can just let them know in person that Boiler Breakdown sent you. They'll give you that discount as well. Check out them online at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. And Evan, you have a good-looking shirt on. Thank you. I have a good-looking shirt on tonight. Where did we get these shirts from? We got these from the shop, Tanner. Uh, Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by the shop for the third year in a row. Happy to have them back on board. Shop's been bringing sports and hometown apparel to fans since 2011. From the humble beginnings in garages and basements, you can find them at their two retail stores and online. They make comfortable shirts. It makes everybody happy. Uh, the shop's located. Makes me happy. It makes me very happy. Uh, <laughs> located in Carmel and Indianapolis, as well as online at theshopindy.com. Make the best shirts, period. Uh, next time you're shopping online, use code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your entire order. They're always running specials. They're always doing free shipping, you know, 50% off your first order. Um, but 15 is less than 25%, so go ahead and use that code. Yep, and if you're thinking, ah, I got plenty of boiler gear. I don't need any more. One, you can ne- one, you can never have enough. <laughs> Two, they do carry other teams. If you have yes. a spouse, a friend, another family member that – is unfortunately a, a Hoosier, or or maybe they're a Cardinal or a Tiger or a Bulldog. Bulldog or is it Walbest the Giants? Yes, Little Giants. The, uh, little Giants. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Little Giants. <laughs> um, or if the Colts fans, Pacer fans, race fans, fans of the state of Indiana, Indy Eleven, yeah, Indy Eleven soccer soccer fans, whatever they may be, the shop's got you covered uh go check the, them out online or one of their two retail stores like evan mentioned i've i've only been to the uh to one of their locations the one in carmel but it is a very nice one were you wearing one of their hats on saturday tan i was i was because uh, my forehead got fried <laughs> <laughs> yes it's very comfortable hat um i should have broke it out for tonight's but it wasn't at my it wasn't up here in my office so i didn't i'm too lazy to go downstairs and grab it so it will make an appearance next week Next week, there I'm promising. Go. Next week, so. Well, Evan, uh, unless you have anything else, let's boiler up, hammer down, and beat the Hokies. Boiler up. <laughs>